Welcome to the Deep Cover Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Kerry Stevenson, at Kerry1313 on Twitter. Uh, flying solo today. Shout out to my brothers and my co-hosts, uh, Mike um, Crawford and Chris Aguilera. Uh, they let me kind of fly solo today. Uh, so I thought I'd come through and uh, go through a, a, um, a best ball draft with you guys. Um, you know, fantasy football um, on the horizon. You know, most of you guys will be uh, doing your home league drafts in August. Uh, I think there's a, a, a great opportunity to uh, kind of prep for that by doing these best ball drafts. And it's also a way you can, you know, win some extra money as well. Uh, so I think it's just a nice um, tool to prepare. Um, you know, we're in July now. Uh, this is, should be an exploratory phase for you, uh, just prepping, getting ready, researching, doing all those things. And uh, best ball can be a great tool to uh, to get that done. Uh, so I'm going to go through a, a, a best ball draft that I uh, recently completed. I just kind of walk you through my process, uh, the decisions I make and why I make them. And uh, we're going to do that using the... Um, uh, best ball 10 draft uh, through my fantasy league. Uh, so 20 round draft and I'll kind of walk you through uh, each step of it and just let you know what I'm thinking. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get started here. We're going to start off with the first round. Uh, I drew the 10th pick in the draft. Uh, so uh, once I knew I had that pick, uh, my focus kind of shifted towards the high end wide receivers and also uh, Travis Kelsey since I knew, uh, you know, top running backs were uh, out of my range. So um, looking at it, I have it pulled up on the screen here. Uh, a bit of, su of a surprise, uh, Tyreek Hill went uh, with the number two overall pick. And uh, if you're used to these best ball drafts, if you have experience doing them, I've been doing them the last few years. Uh, at times, you're going to see some wild picks like that. And uh, that's just based off of people uh, trying to diversify their exposures and kind of experiment um, during this time of year. And uh, some people, you know, they want to stick to – uh, there's certain uh, strategies and, you know, looking at uh, the way this guy wanted to do it, it looks like he wanted to kind of go more with a zero RB approach. And, um, you know, that's what, what he decided to, uh, to do. Uh, so got down to the 10th pick and, um, you know, um, rest of the um, picks before that uh, kind of went chalk, but got down to that pick um, and uh, Diggs was there for me at 10. Uh, so I went there. Kelsey was off the board at seven. Um, he would have been uh, uh, in consideration, uh, but I, I do like uh, Diggs' floor-ceiling uh, combination, so I went there with the uh, 10 pick. Uh, so then we get to the second round. I thought briefly about uh, Antonio Gibson. I uh, thought about Joe Mixon, uh, but once I found out I got uh, the 10 pick in his draft, I was kind of leaning towards trying a zero RB approach. I've kind of shied away from that in the past. I kind of do more of the anchor RB uh, kind of situation uh, just because it feels a little safer. Uh, but again, I want to try to challenge myself and kind of go outside the box a little bit. And so I uh, wanted to try to, the zero RB thing here. Uh, so, you know, looking at receivers here, and for me, it came down to DeAndre Hopkins or uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, I think clearly Hopkins probably would have been a safer pick. Well, not probably would have been a safer pick, uh, but I, I really like the upside of Adams here. And uh, I'm just going to um, take a stand and take a bet that Aaron Rodgers shows up and he plays 17 games. Uh, that's a you know a bit of a gamble, but in these drafts, um, it's really first place and that's it. Um, so uh, in my eyes, I want to uh, make sure I'm stacking upside at the top. And uh, I you know, went with Adams here. I think he has a massive 
um, upside, massive touchdown upside. Um, he's going to get value either way. Um, so this pick won't look as great as obviously as Rodgers won't show up. Um, but, you know, I think he'll give enough value that we can kind of get by, but we would need some other things to kind of really hit um, in that, um, you know, in the later rounds if if Rodgers doesn't show up. Uh, so went Adams there. Uh, going ahead to the third round. And once I got to the third round, Amari Cooper was really my only kind of consideration. Uh, shout out to Denny Carter. Uh, he pointed out um, in his um, Cowboys kind of draft, um, I'm sorry, uh, fantasy preview uh, for them that in that uh, that um, Prescott's um, four and a half ish games uh, he played before he went down with injury. Uh, Amari Cooper had 49 targets and that was compared to CeeDee Lamb's 28. And as you can see here on the board, uh, Lamb went two picks before um, I was able to select Amari Cooper. And so that kind of gives you a little perspective. I, I'm very high on Lamb and I think he's uh, going to be great this year. Uh, but that that stat there kind of offers um, a little clarity as far as what they're looking at volume wise. Um, so I, I decided to go with uh, Cooper with that third round selection. Uh, so we're going to jump ahead to the fourth round. Um, I really wanted to save a roster spot um, at tight end. Uh, so I wanted to kind of prioritize tight end early. Uh, preferably, I would like uh, uh, Darren Waller. I really love him this year. I was kind of targeting him with that third round pick, but he went off the board so early at the uh, fifth pick of the second round. Uh, they kind of uh, knocked us out of range there, obviously. Uh, so uh, I decided to kind of reach up a bit and take uh, Andrews here in the fourth round. I, I like his um, his upside as far as touchdowns go. Um, and, you know, just looking at his uh, situation, um, I think he's one of those guys that can that can give you an outlier uh, season at, at tight end. Uh, so, you know, I decided to go there in the, in the fourth round. Uh, skipping ahead to the fifth round, this was the first spot that I kind of got conflicted because, uh, you know, when I took Adams, I, I wanted to kind of double down on that by betting on Aaron Rodgers. So obviously Aaron Rodgers was going to be in play, uh, maybe in the seventh or eighth round, kind of leaping up a little early to make sure we secure him uh, to get that stack. And then obviously with Cooper, uh, Amari Cooper and with uh, Steph Diggs, then you have the Josh Allen and Dak um, uh, stack kind of combo there that I could do. And those guys are guys you kind of start pulling off the board in the fifth, sixth round. Um, but there's that guy, man, that's just staring me in the face um, here in the fifth round, and it's Lamar Jackson. Um, he had a down year, so to speak, uh, last year, uh, but he still finished as the QB8 with that down year. And he's one year removed from a historic fantasy uh, season. And if you kind of look at what the Ravens have done, uh, just massive wide receiver upgrades, uh, uh, O-line that should stabilize and should be a lot stronger and a lot more consistent than uh, last year. Uh, so looking at all those factors, his upside was just too much for me to pass up uh, in the fifth round. He He's a guy that, um, you know, coming off of that um, – uh, MVP season um, the year before he was looked at uh, in the second round and third round with guys, especially if you were looking at uh, the RB kind of dead zone, the beginning of that, a lot of people was just saying, you know, forget that I'm just going to uh, lock in Lamar in that second, third round. 
um, because he has that that rushing upside as well as uh, being a guy that can that can throw for 30 touchdowns. So, you know, it was just too much for me to pass up. And then the fact that I got Andrews in the fourth round um, to stack with Lamar, uh, it was just too much for me to pass up in that range. So I uh, went Lamar in the fifth round. Then I got to the sixth round and, uh, you know, I wanted to start taking my swings at running back. Uh, it was down to Trey Sermon and Javante Williams for me. Um when I'm kind of building this running back core, just to kind of give you uh, my thought process, I want a range, kind of build a core of some upside, um, also some floor, and then some PPR appeal as well. So kind of want to build a balance there. Um, Obviously, I'm waiting to take running back. So I need to try to get at least one or two guys, take a couple swings on guys that if they hit, they can give me uh, third round value, um, uh, you know, kind of situation. Uh, so, uh, again, it was between Trey Sermon and Javante Williams. Uh, Javante Williams went off of the board um, at the uh, ninth pick of the fifth round. So I'm crossing my fingers here uh, that Trey Sermon kind of falls through, and he does. Um, so, you know, I'm very happy with that. Um, Trey Sermon looks to be um, kind of locked in as the number two guy to start the season um, with. Um, uh, Raheem Mostert uh, there and uh, Raheem Mostert, you know, is a guy that's often injured. Um, so, you know, something happens there. Um, Trey Sermon could be wheels up uh, RB1. He's a great fit in that Shanahan one cut and go scheme. Uh, he's a guy that um, creates yards at the contact. Um, you know, he he can um, handle himself in the passing game uh, well as well. And, um, you know, shout out to our guy. Uh, Matt Wallman, Matt Wallman's our RB1. And uh, so, you know, you can't go wrong there for a guy like that is is that high on a player. Uh, definitely piqued my interest. So went Trey Sermon there in the sixth round. Uh, then we're going to jump to the seventh round and uh, maybe reach by a round or two with this pick. But I went Damian Harris uh, again, as I was talking about how I want to build this RB core. I want to have some upside, but I also want to have some floor as well. And I think Damian Harris gives me a floor. Um, I think he's the locked in um, um, number one early down running back for New England. Uh, I like the um, offensive improvements New England has made. And uh, I think that's going to lead to um, more favorable positions for their um, for their skill position guys. Um, so I'm looking at Damian Harris as a guy that that, um, you know, should get 15, uh, 15 plus carries weekly. And I, like I said, again, that office of environment improving should give him some um, some some TD upside. Now, a lot of it is going to depend on uh, who's the quarterback. Uh, Cam Newton will kind of vulture him if he's the guy. Uh, but if Mac Jones is the guy, then uh, Damian Harris has a big time goal line upside. And then also he can probably see a little bit more. Uh, work in the passing game if Mac Jones is the guy because, you know, Mac Jones is not a guy that's going to improv. He's going to um, uh, check down to his running back. So not expecting a lot of targets for Damian Harris. That's still mostly going to be James White. But, you know, he he could maybe get a few if Mac Jones is back there. Um, So went went Damian Harris there in the seventh. I thought about LaVisca Chenault. He's a guy that's, um, you know, kind of building buzz and building steam. Uh, but there's so much unknown there in Jacksonville as far as that new coaching staff. And, um, you know, um, Urban Meyer is, is 
you know, saying some things uh, as far as how he wants to use guys and just the way he's going about things. Uh, it's kind of giving me a little bit of pause. So I kind of want to take a wait and see approach uh, with, uh, you know, a lot of these Jacksonville guys. So uh, what with Damian Harris there to um, give me some floor there uh, at running back? Uh, so we're going to skip ahead to the eighth round. Uh, Michael Gallup here kind of stuck out like a sore thumb to me as far as upside on the board. Uh, he's a super talented full-time uh, player in, in a great offense. Uh, and he just happens to be behind two other super talented receivers. Um, but uh, he plays on the boundary. He's going to get targets down the field. I think he's perfect a perfect fit for this format. Uh, so just sit back and kind of let those spike weeks come. And as you can see, uh, you can still stack an offense even if you don't have the quarterback. So uh, not going to take that um, that Prescott in this um, in this draft. But, you know, if I still believe in this Cowboy uh, Cowboys offense, uh, that means uh, more than one person can kind of uh, do their thing at the same time. So uh, I like uh, Michael Gallup here stacking him with um, with Amari Cooper. Then um, I go to the ninth round. I went right back to this Cowboys offense. Uh, uh, this spot, um, you know, maybe I um, kind of wanted to go receiver again. Um, but looking at the receivers that were on the board, um, it was kind of a, a round or maybe even at least two rounds too early for a lot of these guys. Uh, so I decided to take another home run swing here with uh, with Tony Pollard at running back. Um, so, you know, stacking this uh, Cowboys offense up again. Um, I, I think Tony Pollard um, probably is a guy that, that should get, you know, six to eight touches weekly um, regardless. But this is like a, um, you know, home run if Zeke misses time. You know, if you get full time, um, you know, 15 to 20 touches, touch weeks from Tony Pollard um, in the ninth round, uh, you're, you're really putting yourself at an advantage. So went Tony Pollard there in the ninth round. Uh, went to the 10th round and, um, you know, along the same lines with the Gallup pick with the Pollard pick, I went uh, Robert Tanyan here, um, you know, stacking the Packers offense, even though I don't have Rodgers at quarterback. Um, but in this scenario, I'm betting on Rodgers showing up and I'm betting on him playing 17 games. And so uh, Tanyan's TD upside is, is huge. It's among the highest at the position. Uh, tight end if Rodgers plays 17 games. So, you know, just kind of doubling down on my picks, uh, my previous picks uh, with uh, Devontae Adams here and kind of just wrapping up that tight end position. Uh, you know, I said I wanted to save a spot, and I'm doing that here with Andrews in the fourth round, uh, got Tanya in the 10th round. So, you know, that's a, a position I can get, just kind of set and forget now uh, with locked in those two guys. Uh, so, uh, those are my first two uh, 10 picks. Um, I'll kind of do kind of like a brief uh, run through of uh, what I'm looking for. Um, you know, again, I said it's a 20 round draft. Uh, so looking at the uh, second half of this draft, uh, I want to uh, find another receiver uh, to pair with uh, Lamar. Don't want to go too far with it because, you know, there are volume uh, concerns. So uh, Lamar isn't the guy I def uh, don't want to necessarily triple stat, but definitely want to uh, double stat with him. And then, uh, you know, want to continue to fill out this RB uh, position, uh, try to find some guys that can catch some passes, give me some floor, um, 
you know, I kind of got a couple ceiling guys, so we'll see kind of how it shakes out. But I might be looking more for floor, looking more for pass catching in the second half. Um, uh, so, you know, that's, you know, basically what I'm looking for. Uh, so, you know, we're going to go ahead and skip ahead to the 11th round and uh, get that floor, uh, fortifying the running back position right away. Uh, round 11 went with Gus Edwards. Uh, so, you know, gives me that floor at running back. Also continue to stack the Ravens offense. I feel pretty good about the offenses I'm stacking. Uh, Cowboys, uh, Ravens, uh, Packers. Um, you know, if Dak is healthy, uh, Aaron Rodgers shows up, uh, you know the kind of improvements the Ravens have made on offense. These are three of the, you know, probably top, top six to eight offenses. So uh, I, I feel like I'm in good company stacking offenses like this. Uh, so, you know, Gus, I, I feel like he's a guy that's going to give you an eight to 10 touch uh, weekly um, uh, floor uh, as far as his um, uh, volume. And then he has some touchdown um, upside, obviously. And then uh, if Dobbins were to ever miss games, it's the same thing as uh, with Tony Pollard. Um, you know, we're talking about uh, big time upside, big time stat weeks. Um, so uh, went there in the 11th round. Uh, in the 12th round, going right back to the Ravens offense. And I got my uh, my double stat partner here with uh, Rashad Bateman with um, with Lamar. Probably reached up around or uh, maybe even two rounds early with this Bateman pick. Uh, but I love his fit with Lamar. I love his overall versatility and his talent. Um, and, and I think he has a real chance to be a staple of this um, offense. Uh, so um, I, I think he has some some red zone upside and that'll kind of balance out um, the obvious value and concerns. Uh, if I wasn't able to get Bateman here, I probably uh, would target Sammy Watkins later in the draft. Uh, but, you know, didn't have to make that decision uh, with the ability to get Bateman in the 12th. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead to the 13th round and uh, going Paris Campbell. Uh, Paris Campbell was, is somebody that I'm locked in on in, in pretty much a lot of different drafts. Uh, he's going to be uh, kind of an auto pit for me in his range in best balls and later in redraft. Uh, just got God is just dynamic, explosive. Uh, the Colts prioritized him when they drafted him. Um, they didn't add um, any real competition uh, in the draft at the position uh, this uh, year. And he only played one game last year. But in that game, he had nine targets and one carry. Uh, so I think they the Colts really like him. Uh, I think they're going to prioritize him and give him every opportunity uh, to succeed. Uh, so he's a guy that I'm going to uh, give a chance to succeed by being on my team. Uh, so that was round 13. Uh, then round 14, I'm checking off another box here with the pass catching RB uh, with uh, J.D. McKissick. Now, he isn't going to give me 80 catches again. I know that coming in. That's, you know, that's unreasonable um, um, request um, for him. Uh, but um if you look at uh, where he's going, I still think he had he offers value. Um, now, the quarterback is going to be more aggressive down the field. Uh, they've added Curtis Samuel. Um, he's going to uh, chip into targets. Uh, Antonio Gibson's passing game role, role um, expected to grow. That's going to chip in. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, chip off of his targets, uh, McKissick's targets. But he's still a guy that I think um, is going to be very involved on third uh, third downs. And he's a guy that I, I still feel like can get you, uh, you know, 50, maybe 60 catches. Um, 
and, you know, kind of steal some weeks for you uh, if need be. Now, we're hopeful that that Trey Sermon and uh, Damian Harris, those guys ball out and I don't need them. Um, but, you know, he gives me that floor uh, if I do need them. And, you know, maybe bad week situation, you'd be perfect time for him to, um, you know, they fall behind and uh, get a, you know, six, seven catch game from him. So that would be perfect. And that's kind of my thought process there. Uh, so round 15, I was trying to figure this QB2 situation out because, you know, obviously uh, with the receivers I took at the top with Devontae Adams and Amari Cooper and uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, there's not going to be a guy that I could stack with any of um, uh, those guys because those are quarterbacks that are going earlier. And with taking Lamar early, you're not going to turn around and take another quarterback early. Uh, even if you're only taking two quarterbacks that, you know, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. That would be me kind of hedging against Lamar. And that's not what I want to do if I'm taking Lamar and I'm prioritizing Lamar. Um, you know, I'm banking on Lamar having a QB one season. So uh, looking at quarterbacks um, in this range, a lot of them I didn't really care for. Or if I did like them, uh, it was tough to kind of uh, find a stacking partner with them. Uh, but um, when I got to this range, uh, just around before I took J.D. McKissick, and even though it's not a receiver, he's still a guy that's going to, you, you know, do most of his damage through the air. Uh, so, you know, grabbing a guy in Ryan Fitzpatrick that I like, um, that I like a lot and I like his upside, um, kind of became a, a no-brainer. And so, um, you know, taking him there and I knew I wasn't going to take a, a third quarterback, uh, I know uh, in that situation, I wanted to make sure that I stacked, um, stacked. And so, you know, this allowed me to do that. Um, I, I'm not really crazy about the receivers and um, the kind of secondary receivers for Washington in that range. Uh, so just giving me the floor of knowing that um, I have a stack partner with him, um, you know, kind of put my mind at ease because I, I want to stack as much as possible in these drafts. So uh, round 15 with, with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then uh, round 16, uh, I kind of went against my own kind of thought process and went with Diami Brown. Like I literally just said, I didn't like the secondary pass catchers uh, for Washington, um, but I went Diami Brown here. But, but I'll talk through the process of why I did it. Uh, Diami Brown is a guy that, uh, that was a draft favorite of mine. Uh, he's been a popular late round option for people. Um, there is a pathway to him playing outside, uh, being a third receiver for Washington. Um, but for me, my kind of pause is I think there is just as good a chance as um, him being that third receiver uh, that that Adam Humphreys is that third receiver and he mans the slot and Curtis Samuel and uh, Terry McLaurin, they play outside. So, you know, that kind of gave me pause. But the more I started to look at it, um, stylistically, the way that Diami plays a downfield playmaker, uh, he's perfect for this format and he can give me potentially spite weeks. Um, you know, ideally, you would like him to lock in as the, the number three receiver and, uh, you know, three wide sets. Uh, but I think even if he doesn't, I think he'll be mixed in. Uh, you know, maybe he's the fourth receiver, but, you know, maybe he gets you know, 30% of uh, the snaps or, you know, something to that extent. And, you know, you get some deep shots, uh, you know, he can hit that way. And, you know, he can do that even with Adam Humphreys being involved. 
uh, with the way that uh, um, Ryan, Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, will throw down the field. So, you know, kind of went against um, my own thought process there, uh, but I think uh, it kind of makes sense with with uh, Fitzpatrick again. Uh, I'm a guy that wants to aggressively stack in these drafts. Uh, so that was my thought process there, and um, thought process there. I'm sorry. In the 16th round, uh, getting to the 17th round, uh, I had a bunch of running backs in my queue, and uh, you know I went back and forth about a lot of them. Uh, I thought about uh, Salvin Ahmed uh, with the uh, Dolphins as a guy that um, you know potentially, uh, if something would happen with Miles Gaskin, he's a guy that showed well last season, uh, so he's a guy I thought about. I uh, thought about Jared McKinnon uh, as a third down back there in uh, in Kansas City. Uh, but then I thought, well, you know, there's just a good a chance as um, as um, Daryl Williams being a guy that um, that just keeps that third down role in KC. Uh, so, you know, those are a couple guys I was thinking about, um, you know, just going through the pros and cons. Uh, but at the end of the day, I decided to go with Ty Johnson here. Um, decided to go uh, with that ambiguous uh, backfield um, in um, with the Jets. And uh, shout out to uh, J.J. Zacharyson. He talks about ambiguous backfields and not being afraid to kind of tap into those. Uh, so right now it's looking like it, with the Jets, it's a three-way committee of sorts with Tevin uh, Coleman and uh, Michael Carter, the rookie, and uh, Ty Johnson. Uh, so – uh, Michael Carter is a guy that's, uh, you know, getting the buzz, rightfully so. He's a, you know, very, very talented player. Uh, but as we know, uh, these things could go a lot of different ways. Injury, um, you know, coaching preference, whatever the case may be. And I think Ty Johnson uh, showed well in some spots last year. And uh, Tevin Coleman has been a guy that struggled uh, to stay healthy. Uh, so, you know, this is a, um, you know, lottery pick kind of spot, um, you know, uh, Ty Johnson is a guy that could that could conceivably uh, get to the top of this committee. And, you know, even if he doesn't, if he can just break into that, uh, the number two um, spot in that committee, I think he's a, you know, big time value in the um, uh, in the 17th round. So, you know, that's how I'm ending out my um, my running back core there by taking um, Ty Johnson in the 17th round. Uh, so got to the round uh, 18th round and in these drafts, um, this is always going to be the approach for me rounds 18 through 20. Um, so, you know, I'm done taking position players here. Um, I'm going to go um, with defense rounds 18, uh, 19 and 20. Uh, I try to stay fluid uh, with a lot of things uh, from a fantasy football perspective, uh, but then just doing research and, um, uh, you know, trying to figure things out roster construction wise. Uh, I kind of failed on this three uh, defense approach in in, in these uh, kind of drafts and uh, kind of the sweet spot for taking defense is that round 16 through 20 range. Uh, shout out to Rich Rebar with Sharp Football. He's done a lot of research on win rates uh, with different roster constructions and, um, you, you know, taking three defenses is, is you know, the the optimal approach in these drafts. Uh, so that's been something I've kind of stuck to uh, the last couple of years. So, you know, keeping, keeping that approach here and doing that and doing it with the last three picks. I'm a guy that likes to uh, stream defenses a lot. And, um, you know, cause we, 
as much as we think we know who the good defenses are and who's going to ball out, we truly don't know. So, you know, I, I like to just take my swings late um, in redraft. I honestly, a lot of the times don't even draft a defense. You know, I'll um, take that opportunity to um, to take a shot on the guy in the later rounds at running back who, you know, may um, have a chance to um, break into a role that we don't know yet when we're drafting. And so I keep those guys. And then at the end, um, you know, once it's closer to uh, the regular season, I'll go ahead and just make my cuts, cut downs uh, there and pick up a defense for week one and just kind of stream and go from there. Uh, so, you know, that's an added little um, bonus um, um, that you can kind of, you know, put in your back pocket to use. Uh, so, you know, just looking at who I took in these drafts, I uh, went with the Patriots. I like the Patriots' um, chances of bouncing back. Uh, they're going to get a, a few guys back that opted out with COVID last year. Um, um, they added Matt Judon. Um, in free agency, improve their offense, who um, which is going to help them, their defense be in favorable positions more often. Um, I'm going to bet on a, a Bill Belichick defense um, with talent, um, you know, just the the, the kind of guy he is. Um, you know, I'm going to bet on that if he has talent at the position. Um, at, I'm sorry, at the with all, all the positions, uh, you know, defense. Uh, so uh, took my shot there. Uh, in the uh, uh, 18th round, 19th round, I went with the Panthers. They are a sleeper defense I really like. Uh, I think they have some uh, ability to, uh, for spike weeks and uh, big plays. Uh, last couple of years, they've kind of got trucked in the run um, running department versus the run, uh, but they added uh, Daquan Jones on their defensive line, uh, Denzel Perriman, uh, middle linebacker to kind of help them down the middle. Uh, so they should be a little bit more sturdy as a run defense. Uh, they added Hassan Reddick uh, to help them in the pass rush game. Uh, drafted JC um, JC Horn high at cornerback. Uh, Jeremy Chin is a hybrid playmaker I really like. Uh, they got some young guys on defense um, uh, that they drafted last year. Uh, so you know, lot lot to look forward to there. Um, you know, with the Panthers, they're um, a sleeper defense I, I really like this year. Uh, again, I, I like their chances of being able to give us some spike weeks. Uh, then we got, uh, with the last one, they just kind of like the best defense there. I mean, it really didn't matter. I felt like the Seahawks was the best defense left on the board in the 20th round. Uh, a lot of times, by the time you get to the 20th round, it's going to be real slim pickings. Uh, you may you know may only have four or five options there uh, left. And honestly, I'll just take whoever's um, left there. Uh, you know, I, I want to try to make sure that, uh, Ideally, they don't have the same bye week as uh, my other two defenses, but that's not a huge deal. Now, I'm not going to take three defenses with the same bye, but if uh, if two of the three defenses have the same bye week, uh, if you like the value, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but, you know, the way this fell, it was great that none of the defenses had the same bye. So, you know, I think that's a little another little added bonus. Uh, so that uh, closes out the draft. Uh, just a quick review, just looking at how things kind of played out. I, I like the construction of this team. I like the upside of this team. And I, I took some reaches in this draft, but they're reaches that I'm comfortable with. Um, as far as concerns, uh, you know, you see where C.D. Lamb went a couple picks before I picked Amari Cooper. Obviously, if he ascends to a level, uh, 
that's kind of on par with where he got drafted. Uh, that spells, um, you know, bad things as, uh, as far as upside goes for me uh, with that third round uh, pick of Amari Cooper. Now, I, I think the way that um, uh, Dallas runs their offense, um, you know, they play at a high tempo. Uh, they're going to get a lot of attempts. Their uh, pass attempts, their defense, um, I don't think is going to be very good again. I mean, they should be better than last year, but I don't think they're going to be very good. So I, I think they're going to have to score points. And, uh, you know, their offensive approach has been aggressive. Uh, so I think Amari Cooper is fine either way. Uh, but taking them in the third round and obviously wanting that high end outcome, you want CD Lamb to kind of uh, stay on that second rung as far as targets go. So, you know, that's a little bit of a concern. Uh, in the fourth round uh, with Mark Andrews, uh, again, I, I, I reached up a little bit for him. Uh, but there are concerns uh, with the way the Ravens just massively upgraded their pass catchers. Uh, there's a chance that Mark Andrews um, target share dips. So if that happens, if his target share kind of dips with Bateman there and with Sammy Watkins there, uh, then. Uh, we're going to have to be more reliant on touchdowns. You know, we're going to need those double-digit touchdowns from Mark Andrews uh, to kind of uh, pay off that value. Uh, so I still think he's going to be uh, um, incredibly productive, uh, but we need that that target share. Uh, we need that, that high upside as far as the touchdowns to kind of have that outlier performance we're looking for, um, you know, at the tight end position that kind of beat other people out. Cause when, you know, you take a tight end early, uh, you're banking on them beating out the guys that are waiting on tight end. Um, so, you know, that's another kind of, um, uh, concern. Uh, I would have liked to add one more, uh, later round, uh, receiver, uh, that stand to, uh, kind of have some volume. Um, but that could be me just having, um, you know, more of a having insurance on my insurance approach. You know, if you guys that have been listening to the pod for a while, when we talk fantasy, I talked about having insurance on your insurance, uh, knowing that you're going to be wrong. Um, but um, I'm, I'm kind of trying to get a little bit more away from that approach um, as far as it goes in best ball, because you want those high end outcomes. Uh, so I think I'm safer than um, than what I really uh, feel I am because um, I do have guys that, um, you know, that they can come through with um, big spike wheat. So I, I would say I'm probably better off than uh, than I than I think I am. But, you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, you want to challenge yourself in, in these moments and especially in the offseason, um, you know, kind of get outside of your uh, comfort zone. Uh, so, you know, overall, I, I like my team, uh, you know, looking at the rest of the board, I, I like my team stacked up against anybody's team. You know, I, I need certain things to happen, um, but the things I need to happen, the things I bet on, uh, I bet on really good offenses. Uh, you know, again, Packers, Cowboys, Ravens, I bet on good offenses. If those guys kind of follow those those trends um, of, you know, being the quality offenses that they've been uh, then I, I think I'm in good shape. And so, I, you know, I'll stack my team up with anybody else's on the board. Uh, so we'll close it out here. Uh, let me know what you think about uh, the team, uh, what you like, dislike. Uh, also, let me know uh, what fantasy topics you want, you would like me to do videos on. 
um, you know, I want to do these fantasy check-ins uh, right now um, and, um, you know, just provide some help um, and, you know, create some uh, dialogue. Uh, so just remember to like this um, video, subscribe to the uh, Deep Cover podcast on YouTube, uh, all the digital uh, streaming pa- um, platforms, and give us a, a five-star review. Uh, so appreciate um, you guys spending your time with us. Um, and um, again, thank you. Peace.